The NFL playoffs are officially here. We have absolutely crushed this NFL season, ending the year going 34-12 and in the last five weeks. Our lifetime playoff record is 159-93. and Get on board now and take advantage of our one-time offer of 71% off wildcard weekend to celebrate our 71% win percentage on computer totals this season. All you need to do is Google Sharp Football, click on the website, Sharp Football Analysis, and click on the blue banner up top to get access. Hello, welcome to the Sharp Angles Podcast. I'm Dan Pizzuta, joined here by Rich Rebar. Rich, here we are. Playoffs. We got here. Uh, it's super wild card weekend. At some point, it's just got to be you know regular wild card weekend because this is what <laughs> why the wild card is now. We have uh, six games, uh, so uh, I'm not sure anything's super about it, especially with some of these matchups because it's not super because we've seen them all every time. Every yep. game this week is a rematch uh, of something during the regular season. So uh, before we get into it, how we do today? Uh, good, man. Listen, the 18 weeks are down. It was nice to only, you know, write up six games this week. It was kind of cool. You know, I, I, I don't object to it. If the NFL wants to just make the season go like a year round and just have six week games, you know, six games per week, that's cool with me if they want to do that. Yeah, it was, <laughs> I, I will say the, uh, the workload uh, of getting the worksheet together. I'm sure it was on your side, but on my side was, was much nicer uh, than it is during the regular season week. Um, but it's cool because we get to spend more time with the, like each individual game, you know, when we don't have like a you know Cardinals Falcons game like in the way to write some stuff up. But uh, it is still nice when it, it's condensed. Yeah, that that is true. Although for condensed, the NFL still wants to spread this out for as long as yes. possible. Because we, as have... a DFS guy, it is a bummer that it's not three games, three games that they yeah. uh, uh, you know are pushing this thing out to monopolize that extra prime time game. Right, as someone who is going to be sitting and watching all of these games yeah just getting three and three out of the way would be much more preferable but here we are we got two games on saturday three on sunday of course the monday night game so we'll just uh, dive into these we'll run through the, all of these fairly quickly because it, there while we did see all of these there are some interesting points mm-hmm. and every team is at a different point of from like when we like really saw the the meat of some of these matchups but some like, of these games feel like another season ago like, right like we'll, we'll get happen? to we'll we'll get to chargers jaguars which was week two right which is like it or week three yeah it was very early in the season and Cowboys Bucks com- kicked completely off the different season. yeah both of these teams have have had years since that game so but one of the recent games that we did see is 49ers seahawks that was uh, the Thursday night game, week 15. That was a Brock Purdy game. So we actually did get to see what a Purdy-led 49ers team would look like. And that was a you know Kyle Shanahan in his bag game, right? That was uh, some of the George Kittle uh, touchdowns, the, um, uh, the, the double fake screen that opened up Kittle uh, in the middle of the field. Uh, so it, we saw a lot of fun stuff. We've seen what Purdy has been able to do so far. And these kind of, you know, going into that game, these it's already felt like two teams still kind of on opposite trajectories. And it kind of feels like that's still what it is going into this game a little bit. Yeah, I mean the Seahawks, you know, they had to, you know, you know, fight tooth and nail to get past the Rams, you know, to get into the playoffs. Yeah. And then, you know, the 
needed the Packers to lose, but they, they got that. Um, you know, you look at them against the 49ers, they had 20 possessions against the 49ers this season on offense, and they scored one offensive touchdown. Uh, not the greatest. And it looks like we're going to have, you know, potential, you know, weather implications this game. You know, we'll see what happens when we get there, but it's supposed to be, you know, some rain and wind in this game because when you look at Seattle, that's actually a detriment to them because if they're ever going to get by in this game, if they're going to fight back in support iron, like both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett have to have huge games. That's like the, that's like the one pathway that they have to like fighting back. Uh, you know, you look at the 49ers, they're like really only weakness has been like vertical passing and boundary receiver play. And they just haven't been able to get the ball down the field against the 49ers in the two matchups that they've had. I mean, you look at, yeah. uh, you know, Geno Smith, um, he's he's only thrown for 4.6 air yards for pass attempt in his two games against the 49ers. Eight yards, eight, eight air yards per attempt against everybody else. Just 2.7% of his throws were 20 yards or further downfield in those two games against the 49ers. 10.6% in all other games. He was pressured on almost 40% of his dropbacks. That, that's the one area. If like weather is going to impose on here and like the offensive line, which kind of regressed over the back half of the season when they played really well early in the season is an issue. Um, it's hard to, to say like that, that like Seattle's going to like really have like a strong counter punch here with the 49ers who are just so versatile, right? Like even if the weather, like they can run the football and Seattle hasn't stopped the run, like since the, over the back half of the season at all, uh, they can throw, they can create stuff over the middle of the field where Seattle is the, one of the worst defenses in the NFL over uh, uh, defending the middle of the field. So yeah, it's it, like really the, if it's the, if, if the weather's bad, it's hard to really say like Seattle is going to have like their one element in play to kind of combat and push the 49ers here. Yeah, and that's the thing. And I, I had those numbers here too. And it's real interesting because it's not just like they can't push the ball down the field. It is a like forced check down type right. of situation. Um, so it, yeah, so to get into a couple more numbers of, of Geno Smith versus the 49ers, negative 0.27 EPA per play uh, against the 49ers. It was 0 0.06 uh, against everyone else. But against the 49ers, and this is kind of where the, the forced checkdown thing's on, he still completed 74.3% of his passes. But like you said, that's with a yeah. you know, 4.6 A dot, and that just has absolutely really no value with those completed passes. Uh, otherwise, he's completing 69% of those passes. Um, but you know, with the 8-yard A dot, you're pushing the ball down the field. There's more value there. But what also happens is a lot of it was in a clean pocket. He had negative 0.09 EPA per play from a clean pocket against the 49ers. So even when the 49ers aren't getting pressure, which we know they can with that front four, um, and, and they th you know throw in some blitz looks a little bit, but even when they weren't getting pressure, Gino was able to sit back there. There was nowhere to go. So it was just forcing those checkdowns. And if you can take Seattle out of that game, then you make them try to run the ball a little more. And they've been so boomer bust there. And we've talked about that throughout the season. You have you know, Kenneth Walker who can rip off some of those big runs, but so many of his plays are stopped at the line of scrimmage. And with that offensive line that hasn't been quite as good uh, over the back half of the year, that, that puts Seattle in a real tough spot then are you, are you trying to force some things to happen down the field? And then that's when that pass rush really gets. So this is like a kind of a, a quicksand type game for, for Seattle, because it seems like if one thing goes wrong, it puts them in a situation that they don't really want to be. And that just kind of uh, completely just accentuates everything else that could go wrong for them uh, in this game. And even when pressured, uh, 0.58 EPA per play when pressured for Gino, that was you know 0 0.28 uh, 
uh, against any other team this year. So it's just, it, it's a lot that has to really break right. And if one thing goes wrong for Seattle, I think it could get pretty bad pretty quick. Yeah, and they're not just going to line up and run the football on the 49ers who allowed one running back to rush for over 60 yards this season. Like, you're just not going to line up and punch them in the face. Now, Walker, against anyone, is capable of, like you said, breaking one long run. But breaking one long run is fine for, like, his his fantasy day, but that's not, like, going to be something where you look back at the end of the game and say, like, that kept us in the game, right? Like, yeah. You give up a big, a big play. Uh, it's got to be this passing game. Like, this passing game has to be better than it was in these two outings and they need those wide receivers to really kind of carry the load. Yeah. And then on the other side of the ball, it's, it's interesting too, because Purdy was one of the highest splits quarterbacks when he was just on the field, a 33% uh, blitz rate, but uh, 0.14 EPA uh, per uh, play when blitz. So, obviously with the Shanahan offense, there's, there's answers. Uh, and, and Purdy is the guy who's, he's going to take that. So that's been there, but when he's just under pressure, so whether he's, he's blissed or not, but if pressure gets there, negative uh, 0.33 EPA. So like you can get to Purdy with pressure question is, can the Seahawks get there with four? Uh, do they kind of have that? They have, they've at some points of the season been able to do that. I'm not totally sure if they're going to be able to do it against the, you know, the San Francisco offensive line and also, you know, Purdy's been getting the ball out, you know, relatively quickly. Again, this is the the Shanahan type thing where, you know, he's not going to sit back. There's not a lot of like four second type of plays um, in this offense. And if they are, it's a, you know, a crazy bootleg where, or it's the the double screen thing where there's so much misdirection that there's no one is able to just kind of tee off. There's no, not a lot of straight dropbacks uh, coming uh, in this offense that allow for those types of opportunities. So Seattle might have to be a little creative here in order to, you know, try to get that pressure. Uh, because if not, I, I just, and, and it's tough because of where Seattle is good on, on defense, like Tariq Willen, like for as good as Brandon Ayuk is, if you take like a Brandon Ayuk out of this game, you yeah. still have George Kittle, you still have Devo, you still have Christian McCaffrey. There's so many other answers. So it's it's tough for for this Seattle defense, uh, I think, to even where they do have their strengths. It doesn't really matter against San Francisco because it's the same thing with the Bucks, yeah. right? Like they face the Bucks in the season during a regular season. It's like where the Bucks are good defending the boundaries. Like it's almost like it almost funnel hyper funnels a team like the 49ers. And you compound Seattle's issues with not being able to stop anything over the middle field that they also are bad against the run. Uh, it's kind of just a, a nightmare matchup in, in this scenario. And you kind of brought it up like they didn't even blitz Purdy last time they played. Like they right. blitzed at the lowest rate in the NFL in that Thursday night game. Right. Uh, I think not... the, like the one blitz they had worked, but that, yeah. but that was it. They didn't even try. And, it, and it's not that Purdy's like he, he's been solid against the blitz like you, you highlighted. But like when he's not blitz, like he's been incredible. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of his production is like the, the the fluky touchdown stuff, but like you know, it's still going on, right? Like I keep like Brock Purdy and Jarek McKinnon. Like who's gonna crack first? Like who? Yeah. So which which one stops first? Because he's a nine percent touchdown rate. Yeah. It also feels like, like Purdy, Purdy has a little uh, Jimmy in him in uh, like the the derogatory uh way of, of phrasing that like I, he he wants to have like one of those jimmy picks and it just hasn't really happened yet i'm not sure if it's gonna happen in this game but like it, it is breaking like like you said it, it hasn't been completely smooth sailing from from a process standpoint but everything has worked out and mm-hmm. i think that's just you know goes to goes to this offense goes to all of those playmakers it's just there's and there, there's no wrong answer to throw the ball to 
again, like even when you're, you're running 11 personnel and, and you're throwing, you're, you know, Juwan Jennings out there, you're in 22, 20, sorry, like 21 personnel, you still have Kyle Juszczyk, who's, you know, the best receiving fullback in the league. There's, there's usually really no wrong answer. And that just kind of, it, it's a tough place for Seattle to be. I think going yeah, the 49ers probably don't have like the best group of skill players at the top, but they definitely have the, the deepest and the, yeah. and the widest. <laughs> yeah. And, and the most versatile where they can all right. move around. It's yeah. It's just so much of it is going right. And, and I like, think they don't they, have Justin Jefferson, but the, uh, what they combat with in terms of depth and then and versatility are, are really unmatched. Right. And, and it's so much like, I'm not sure how much they'll really like need to go out and, and use like McCaffrey out wide, but like, we've talked about this when McCaffrey is, he has more receptions and yards when split in the slot or out wide than any other running back by like a, a wide margin. And when you're doing that, like we've, we've talked about how having some running backs out there, it, it sometimes it doesn't always have the effect that like you think it does because the running backs aren't usually, you know, running wide receiver type things so it kind of hinders what you can actually do on offense because you don't have a, a you don't have the entire offense at your disposal when someone like that is is out wide but with christian mccaffrey you do like he's just doing wide receiver things when he's the out in the slot or out wide so you still have the entire offense that you can do when he's out there so it's just it, it's just a whole other thing and, and that it just makes them so dangerous. It's it's so hard to stop, and I'm not uh, as fun as Seattle has been. I, I just don't see them doing it this year. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a game where I could see them maybe potentially like you know you you cover the ten points, but it's tough. These these number seven seeds uh, I put in the works like it's it's the, the two year experiment like good for the NFL right like we're making more money, pro, you know. But like these teams, no, none of the four teams up until this point. Uh, have even closed within seven points in the point spread. And that's true again this year with both teams. Mm. Um, and not only one of them is even covered, and it was the Colts against the Bills uh, two years ago. Uh, the rest of the teams have just gotten blown out. So, like, we haven't really seen, like, the, you know, outside of the, the Monopoly getting bigger. Uh, <laughs> like, we're, we're just adding another team that's not good enough to the playoffs. And they're always playing the two seed, who is a team that's good enough for the playoffs. And those results have really bore out in these games. Uh, eventually we will have a number seven seed win. And, you know, maybe it's this year I would bet against both the number seven seeds, but like winning outright. But uh, yeah, this number, like just, we're just adding another team. that's not good enough though, to, to play with these teams. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think we probably got the, uh, I, I wouldn't say the, the best. I don't know if this was Lions. Detroit, if Detroit this was would Lions. be a little more fun. Yeah. Like, I think it'd be at least still... fun to see what they have, like what Ben Johnson has to offer, because we have yeah. seen this twice, right? And like we know, like Seattle, Seattle really has only one pathway. Well, two, I would say two. Uh, the, the pathway is like DK and Lockett just go nuclear, and the second one is like Purdy just has like his rookie moment, right? Yeah, like that would be that. Those are the two outcomes, right? That's that's it. Yeah, and and I th I don't think we should completely write off the the DK Lockett going off because mm -hmm. it even like last week there were like Gito makes some throws uh, occasionally and they haven't been there quite as often uh, as they were at the beginning of the season. But when, when he needs to like rip a throw, Gino still has some of those like high level throws, like that throw that touchdown lock to Lockett yeah. was, was wild. And they're, they're still doing some fun stuff. Like they're using a little more motion. They had uh, the Lockett touchdown and then they had an, uh, another like a uh, 30 yard play to, um, 
to one of their tight ends had a had a fun little like jet motion from the wide receiver coming uh, on the outside. So they're they're getting a little more creative there. Um, so maybe that helps them a little bit. Uh, if they can try to open up the middle of the field, get some of the San Francisco linebackers to move a little bit. But yeah, like I said, it it it's tough. And and again, like it, it kind of should be tough for for a two seven matchup, right? We, right. It, it, that's just kind of you know how it works out. Usually, the number two seed is quite better, and then that's what we're seeing here. Uh, I mean, they did open the practice window for Dwayne Eskridge, uh, so yeah, there there we go. That's it. That's the. Key. I mean, was, yeah, I think Gino is my favorite throw of the season. The touchdown to lock it against the Saints early in the year. I think that's the best throw I've seen a quarterback make this year. Yes, yeah, probably up there. That that would be a fun list to actually go back and and try to. There's, do. there's your so, first and ten uh, for postseason. Yeah, I'm, I'm not getting 10 things out of the postseason for it. It doesn't it doesn't uh, it doesn't roll over. I was still right about the postseason uh, trying to get uh, 10 distinct points out of the playoffs. Uh, not happening. Um, but OK, so speaking of uh, crazy good quarterback throws um, and an interesting player coming back and opening a practice window. Um, Rashawn Slater potentially coming back for the chargers to protect for justin yeah. herbert who is the, not this the, week but maybe next week yeah yes, uh, yes, the, yes, the yes. king of of um of wild quarterback throws um so here we go i heard someone say he might not play tackle if he comes back oh so that, that would be interesting um so but we got chargers jaguars which uh, about as you got the, the Jaguars beating the Titans, which is definitely the, the preferred outcome there as we we're talking about what this matchup would have been. So, uh, again, we, we saw this game earlier in the season, and these are just two teams that both at completely different places. The Jaguars were still trying to figure themselves out and what they were doing. Um, you know, there was still like the, the flashes, but they hadn't really figured it out yet. With the Chargers, Justin Herbert was just coming off of it, like not having ribs. Uh, together he didn't um, practice at all the entire week yeah so it's it's hard to really take anything f- like from that matchup because these two teams are just in, in completely different places James right now. Robinson had 100 yards <laughs> yeah if, if that's if that's where you want to you know <laughs> highlight how different these teams are that that's <laughs> it right there um but but this is this is fun so I think the, the biggest question is going to be Mike Williams coming into this game uh whether he can play or not because justin herbert with keenan allen and mike williams on the field is a completely different quarterback than when none of them are on the field which was the case for most of the season or even just one of them on the field um so you know that, that's going to been be... enough because you know big mike's missed a chunk of this back half right so he's still been good with with both so it's uh, you know 0.08 oh, yeah. epa with well, actually, it, it ends up being the, the same split with either Keenan Allen or Mike Williams. It's still the, the same, uh, and that's you know much better than without either. But of course, like without both, it's it's you know he's been like the best quarterback in the league, kind of by by EPA. But obviously, that hasn't you know sustained a little bit. One thing about Justin Herbert, which uh, to go back to, surprisingly, the second most dropbacks and attempts, and he finished season second in passing yards. Like that's just not a thing like you would think with Justin Herbert, but the fact that they had him dropping back that much, oh, we're, still, yeah. we're still frustrated about how far you know he was dropping back. But it's just it, a wild thing that like going back 
and it's not like passing yards, not something I'm, I'm completely taking a an account of like going through the season. Uh, but just to, to to see that he finished second was absolutely wild, considering you know how we've thought about the Chargers' offense uh, for most of the season. Yeah, I mean, I wrote about it too in the worksheet too. Like, he's basically playing the same style of football that Joe Burrow is playing, and like you don't hear anything about like what the Bengals are doing, right? Like, you just don't. And it's it's literally the same thing. The only difference is like Herbert's had re- they've had really bad red zone efficiency, and he's had bad touchdown luck, and they've had more rushing touchdowns than the Bengals, but. Basically, since Keenan Allen's been back over that same span, him and Joe Burrow have identical A dots, identical yards per pass attempt. It's just that, you know, Joe Burrow has more touchdowns, like almost identical completion rates, because uh, the Bengals have kind of adjusted to the too high stuff, right? Like they're taking a lot of check downs. Why Joe Mixon has the most, the, the most targets, receptions, and yards he's had in his career. Um, and the Chargers have had to operate that way the entire season uh, by through injury, through offense coordinator, all those things, right? Uh, so, but he's playing the best football of his career or of the season, not of his career. Uh, since Keenan Allen came back, uh, you know, he leads the NFL in completion rate. He's thrown for over seven yards per pass attempt in all those games but one. Uh, and he only did that, you know, twice over the, you know, before the first nine games of the season. So, like, it's – are we getting, like, the, the, the like, the super, like, run-out games where he's thrown, like, nine – for, like, nine and a half yards per pass attempt? No, but he's been a yeah. lot better, and this offense has been better. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean – I mean, he's playing really good. And we've kind of yes. gone back and forth on this thing with Herbert all year. Like, not us, but the, you know, the widespread, you know, media of, like, how good has he actually been this year? He's been damn good. Justin Herbert's been awesome this year. Yeah, yeah. And, like, that <laughs> I, that shouldn't be a question. Like, he really has. And the frustration that we have is that it's it's typically in spite of the offense and yes. it's, it still is that. Yeah, I don't want to absolve um, Joe Lombardi either. Like I, I, I've, that's never been my stance It's like, say like, he's not like they, they could do better, but like, you right. know, like there's a, there's still a lot that like Herbert's doing just really good on his own. <laughs> yes. And, and that's kind of, that's always been the, the Herbert thing, right? Like when he is able to kind of, you know, take ownership of uh, what he's doing on the field, that's where we see those wild throws. He still has the crazy like first and second down and third down split in a dot. Um, it hasn't he hasn't been quite as like superhuman on third down this year. And again, that was because most of the year has been without Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Uh, so his yards per attempt on early downs and third down is, is about the same, even though the the a dot is is still has that that big split. Um, but again, man, when when he needs to like make some throws, he he still does it um yeah like this you don't want to get like too ahead of ourselves but this is a f- potentially fun like michael floor uh type place if uh, they make that switch at offensive coordinator um but now if they made the playoffs i doubt that there's a shakeup. but you never yeah, know. But they still should um <laughs> yeah I thought for sure, like they, like you know, Staley would have to like make like a like Stefanski had to make a coach, you know, coaching staff. You know, you're the accessory here that's gone. Like yeah. I thought that was for sure going to happen, but then when they had the run, I, you know, might it might have saved you know Lombardi's bacon. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not. Here's <laughs> here's here's hoping there's 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 a little bit of a change. Um. So. But, the, the but just Jeff- give us a speed receiver and it'll change though. Like I understand Lombardi's speed. Receiver. Like the A dot will go up when he's throwing to actual guys that can go downfield. Yeah. And, and that's like, we, <laughs> we talked about that early in the season uh, where there's just, there, there is no threat here. Um, like yeah. Keenan Allen sometimes still is that threat and it's, it's tough. Um, Keenan Allen's a ball though. 
since he came back. Yeah, man. Dude he's... still has it. It's gonna be interesting to see what they do with him, restructures, contract works. He is a hefty, he is a hefty uh cap hit next year. Yeah, I mean b- both of them do. It's it's one of the the few teams uh, that has you know two guys making over you know twenty million, uh, which is which is tough, especially when you have those injury issues and and he's there. But the the Jaguars, they they're again a, a team that is the the flashes are still there. Like against Tennessee, it was still a little ugly because you know Tennessee's still going to do that even like at their worst Tennessee is still going to make you look a little worse than you are we uh, talked about the layoff though like that was a, 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 a it impacted the game that the them having almost two full weeks off right like the, the Titans versus like the yeah. Jags on a short week like there was definitely an impact there yeah yeah I think so but uh and uh, Trevor Lawrence is good at football and here we are uh that it took a roundabout way and some people like I just got to go back to like there was a point earlier in the season where like Davis Mills is the only good 2021 <laughs> quarterback was like an, a take that real people had um so uh <laughs> but no the, real people had that take no humans no. they humans did there were humans but no real people um <laughs> yeah it was uh, it was crazy. So here we are. Like Trevor Lawrence has has figured some things out, and and this Jaguars offense has figured some things out. They're doing a, a lot of fun stuff. They're doing a lot of you know fun motions. Um, and when Lawrence needs to to sling it, he can. Uh, that touchdown to to Christian Kirk last week was was a lot of fun. Um, they're going against this Chargers defense, and we kind of we yeah, you think jo- higher of joked about than it. I do. Yeah, I I I'm, I bite. Um, They've they've been good, uh, like over the the past the couple weeks. Um, I mean, sure they have. Right. So so it kind of <laughs> it, it goes back to even when we were talking like this is still it's a well schemed defense. They're going to come up with with good game plans, and for part of the season it was still like the the talent wasn't there because of all the injuries. But now they're they're getting some guys back. Uh, it's been real good. They're they're changing up some looks. Uh, they're doing a lot of fun things like along the along the line. They're having some of these simulated pressures when when Derwin James is the blitzer. It's like the most efficient blitzing scheme in the league. Uh, when Derwin James is one of the, whether Derwin James is the guy who gets the pressure or not, just like having him in the blitz package is one of the most efficient, just like defensive structure things in the league uh, right now. Sort of doing a lot of fun things uh, there. I think the, the defensive line's playing, you know, a, a little better. Obviously, you can still run on them. Um, are the Jaguars going to do that? I don't, I don't know. Um, and I think like that might be the question. Like, is this a, a Doug Peterson sits back and goes, "Okay, this is where we're going to beat them. We're going to run Travis Etienne maybe like fifteen times in the you know first three quarters." Uh, is that how they do that? I'm not sure because the secondary is is playing a lot better, and I think like that's kind of where they can they can match up with these guys. You know, you have Derwin James again who can probably hang on the Evan Ingram, um, right? So you have a guy who can you know cover those tight ends. They're they're just mixing and matching all the time. Like again, they don't really have a the Jaguars don't really have like a number one type guy, which is kind of you know what we've talked about. Like Christian Kirk is good. Again, you're you're not like 
running an offense through Christian Kirk, which is, and I think that the Chargers can match up well with that. So like, that's kind of where I am with the Chargers defense. I think they're always going to match up fairly well with these guys. Um, and if the Jaguars are just going to kind of come out and, and go pass heavy, which is, you know, what Doug Peterson like would want to do in an ideal world. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how well that's going to, to work out. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, the, the Jaguars, them not having like kind of an alpha, I think helps them out here a, a little bit more. I mean, both those guys, Kirk and Zay Jones, have been pretty good. They get pretty good bumps against man coverage, which the Chargers do run a lot. The Chargers blitz a lot. Uh, the Chargers don't stop the run. And the Chargers just got absolutely flooded by Russell Wilson. And that was prior to facing Baker Mayfield, uh, the Colts, and the Titans. Like, right? Like, the Chargers have nothing on their resume defensively to make me really believe outside of like the Dolphins 49ers games. And like, there's some symmetry in styles of offense there. And the Dolphins might've been a little bit of Fugazi, which we talked about heading into that 49ers game anyways. So I, I like the players on the Chargers defense. I believe in the defensive head coach, but like, dude, you just got racked by the Broncos, like racked your first team defense got racked. Like, yeah, that I is... mean, in the end, the, in, like, so the Chargers have allowed 33 plays this season of 30 or more yards. Only the Lions allowed more. Like, they allow huge plays. Like, they just don't give up plays. They give up huge plays. They were number 32 in the NFL in yards allowed per play on first down. And you say, well, yeah, their run defense sucks, right? Like, if they give up yards on first down. They were number 32 in yards allowed on first down runs. And they were number 32 in yards allowed on first down passes, too. Like you can't, I, you gotta be like, there's, they're, they're very, they're very Jekyll and Hyde in games because they've had moments like they've had moments in both chiefs games where the defense has played well too, but the consistency man has just been bad this game. I'm excited for because I don't think either defense is good. The Jaguars, especially, like you look at the Jaguars resume defensively, they, they haven't stopped anybody good. And like they got, they got, they've gotten racked by some really bad quarterbacks too. Like Matt Ryan, like, uh, you know, like Ryan Tannehill, Matt Ryan, uh, Lamar Jackson, who <laughs> that offense was the only good game the Ravens have had at, uh, offensively in the second half of the year was against the Jaguars. Uh, Daniel Jones, like, I mean, they got absolutely crushed by some guys that are definitely not as good as Justin Herbert. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they're, they're a defense that kind of it flashes with some of the the stars that they have and, and not even and, 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 stars. And, and, we don't have and to... go back to week 18, like. Dude, a lot of defensive fronts have looked like that against the Titans this year. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, that that offensive line is uh, not good at all in Tennessee. Um, so yeah, you have like you know Arden Key's been good all year. Like he's just kind of a good, you know, situational type pass rusher. You have uh, Trayvon Walker, who's been you know the, the hit or miss with what he's been able to do in the pass rush again. Still, you know, a, a good run defender, but again, that's not really what you're looking for uh, in this matchup here. Um, you know, it, Tyson Campbell has been incredible uh, on the outside. I think like that is something that Jaguars should be real excited about. I put him on uh, my first team All Pro uh, at corner. He's just, he's been so good. He. Uh, has one of the highest rates of, of press coverage and he's still been real good there. And I think that that's a fun place. Cause he was just kind of like one of those, um, you know, super athletic traits based guys uh, that they drafted um, and for him to develop in the second year, but got that. And then 
the Jaguars defense has been a little different between when Darius Williams has been in the slot and when he's been on the outside. Like he did all of his work, like his best work for the Rams when he was on the outside. Um, but he's five nine, so you kind of have that natural inclination to put him in the slot but it's just like that's not where his movement and and he he plays so much bigger than that so since they've moved him to the outside it's been a little better so they they do have some other answers uh in the secondary there a little bit but yeah like you said it doesn't like the the linebackers haven't been quite as good as they were you know earlier in the season the some of the rookies have fallen off a little bit um it's yeah, it's it's tough. So like this, this hopefully this maybe is is a shootout. Like this this should be a, a nice hoping, fun. Man. I'm hoping it's a it's it's the shootout game. Yeah. Um all right, let's I don't really have a lean though, like uh yeah, uh, this on the I betting think because I, I think... feel like well one, like betting on the chargers is never amazing. Like it never feels good when you do it. Um, sure. and I feel like a both of these both of these teams, if you bet on either side, there's gonna be various points of the game where you feel really good and really bad about your bet. <laughs> like <laughs> certainly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so hopefully it is fun. It doesn't let down. Hopefully this is kind of like the the firework game. Cause I'd love to see both of these uh quarterbacks uh really light it up. Yeah, I think that's that's probably what we're hoping for. Yeah, this is this is the one game where I'm not totally sure if you have a It'll complete it is the on, one on game I don't really game. feel like I don't really have like a strong take on like this team's going to win. And it, it's the tightest point spread. So granted, like that, that all bears out. Right. Like it's... Right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I, I'm not sure how much we have to talk about the, the next game. Because... No, I mean, listen, if Skylar Thompson's playing, I mean, the AFC playoffs have a little bit of stain on them to open because obviously if two and Lamar Jackson are playing in, in these games, we feel a lot differently about either game. Yeah, um, a, a lot, especially the. <laughs> Uh, the Dolphins. I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, think... even if Teddy was playing, I would feel like at least there's some hope. Right. It's <laughs> Skylar I, Thompson has been awful. It's tough. Like there, there are some flashes, but I think we have seen what Tua did well and why that matters so much to how this Dolphins oh, yeah. offense works. Um, because he was able to, you know, see some things and fire into some places. Like even if, you know, there's the talk about how it's all like a, you know, a Jared Goff, Sean McVay thing like this. I'm telling you where to throw the ball. But I don't necessarily think that's the case uh, with Tua. But I think we've kind of seen the, the trust he had, the ability to get the ball where it needed to go as is so important to how that offense works. Um and I think we kind of seen that partly because of the offensive line, right? That was kind of their way of getting around that. I think we've, we've seen with Teddy and we've seen with Skylar Thompson when it takes a little longer to drop back uh, and process some of those things that are happening, the offensive line doesn't hold up. So even if Teron Armstead does come back and play, it still isn't a great offensive line. And the Dolphins figured out how to get around that with how quickly too it can get rid of the ball with another quarterback it just it doesn't work that way so that lowers the ceiling on everything the offense can do it's it's hard to create more plays it's harder to push the ball downfield when the ball's not getting out so i we just kind of seen what the difference is there and obviously you know it's it, a completely different uh place with you know in in terms of you know quality of quarterback too but it's it's tough and with this this bills team uh Again, I'm not sure there's there's a lot of hope for for this offense, especially if Skylar Thompson is playing. And then on the defensive side, you know the the Miami defense just like it hasn't 
hasn't been it. Again, they, they have some good players. They haven't quite figured out like what they are or what they want to be. Um, they've been able to create pressure with four, but they're still blitzing. Like we've talked about this a bunch since the Bradley Chubb trade. Christian Wilkins is great. Christian Wilkins is also my second team all pro. He's like what probably the best run defending interior lineman uh, in the league. 22% of his run snaps he had a tackle on, which is just an absolutely batshit insane number. Um, but like, I'm not sure there's a team that's going to matter less against than the Bills. <laughs> um, so like, he's able to create pressure also like from the interior, but it's just like it, this matchup is just so favored toward the Bills. Um, and the, the fact that you don't have an offense right now, likely that's going to be able to to make up for that is really tough. Yeah, I mean, it's just there. There's not a lot to say really uh, about this, you know, game with you know, assuming Skylar Thompson is going to play start this game and and play this thing. It's just, what do you want to say? Like, what do, what do we really need to like dissect, right? Like, what do we really need to go like for? It's Josh Allen starting against Skylar Thompson. Like, I I would love to just get in the weeds and go go crazy here, but like, you're just drawing dead. You're drawing largely dead in this game. Yeah, it's. It's tough. It, this this would have been like probably the matchup I would be looking forward to the most if Tua was playing. And obviously, like he shouldn't be playing. Um, that's not you know what we're saying. But if at at full strength, I think this would have been the most fascinating matchup uh, of the week. And like I said, and I mean, just, I've I've been I've been out on the Dolphins defense for several weeks at this point. So yeah, it's. Yeah, a, a, a tough place uh, to be, but uh, I'm glad the Dolphins just kind of got in on principle so we don't also have to talk about like Thank God, yeah. a, um, Mike McDaniel is a, a fraud and should be fired type thing, which was like happening over the past two regular season weeks, which is an absolutely insane take to have. Um, yeah, you get to get you get it from like ownership stance, like you're what, eight and three and you, you, you barely you might not get in and you, you know, you, bar- you backdoor in kind of, but. There, it was insane. Always insane conversation to act like that was that was the reason. Yeah. Uh, wow. But that at least we don't have to watch the Patriots, which is fine. I'm I'm still fine oh, yes. with a oh with the Skylar Thompson led Dolphins than than having to watch the Patriots. We're, so. we're, it'll be interesting because uh, this Bills team moving forward in other weeks, like there are some definite chinks in the armor for this Bills team compared to previous years that never got it done. So it'll be interesting because I think that now that they'll they are like the public favorite. Like everyone wants to see the bills go. So, so we'll wait, we'll have this conversation on the actual bills and just the amount of injuries they've been forced to overcome. Cause I mean, they didn't play great either in week 18. Right. Yeah. Outside of the, uh, the well, they've kind of turned average. like, they've turned a little bit into the Ravens a little, not like Ravens, it, but like if Josh Allen's not making like a crazy play, there's like the offense has been yeah. struggling. Yeah, and it's and we've we kind of talked about that at other points during the season, where we kind of had high hopes for like the receiving core, and it's just it it never completely panned out. So right now, if you're putting all your attention on Stephon Diggs, it's not a lot of guys you you worry about beating you. Jameson Crowder's coming back though, and it's 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 put the Bills the Bills in in a tough situation. Yeah. Like you said, it's it's a please Josh Allen save us, and and sometimes he does uh, because he does, makes yes. some wild throws um, yeah, yeah. over the past couple of weeks. So yeah, that that's going to be probably more of a conversation we start having next week where it can really get them because uh, I don't see it that being there this week. So move on. 
Uh, Giants Vikings. We had this game on a, a wild uh, Christmas Eve. This is your moment, Dan. The Giants are in the playoffs. Hey, good for them. Um, <laughs> sure. Can't even coax any excitement out of you. No, I mean, it's... It's been a good year. It, yeah, it has. Absolutely. Like, they, they have been entertaining to watch. Um, and probably will still be entertaining uh, in this game because uh, for as much as a... You know a, a two or sorry a, a three six matchup like these teams are are fairly evenly matched um a, again because again we, we don't really believe the the vikings are a great team even a, a good team uh we'll, we'll see so it, it, again this is still a a fun matchup because you know the the best player in this game obviously is Justin Jefferson. So it's, you know, what can the giants do to stop him? Um, uh, there might be a Dory Jackson back. And again, like that's the thing that's been built up. Like a Dory Jackson, like was not great when he was playing uh, this season. He was uh, like in the, the bottom, like fifth of, of players in adjusted yards allowed per coverage snap. Um, so like it's not like he was this like star number one corner that they've been missing for most of the season, um, but I think they're they're still going to do you know some creative things. You know you uh, highlighted that in the worksheet of what Kirk Cousins against the Blitz and not against the Blitz, uh, and and the Giants are they're they're going to be the they're Giants, gonna so they're, they're going to blitz. blitz, and and Cousins <laughs> has been able to uh, uh, to to light that up um, a, a little bit. And, and he did in, in that game, you know, Jefferson is obviously like the, the go-to guy there. So it's, yeah, it's Jefferson be... 93 yards. What do you have in the game? 118 and or 123 and 93 came against the blitz. <laughs> yeah. And, and when, when the giants are blitzing as often as you are, usually, you know, your, your high yardage is, is going to come against that. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. So, I'm not really sure like how this game is is going to go. Like it, again, it, it was close. the The Vikings needed a, a 61 yard field goal uh, in order to win. Uh, the The previous matchup, yeah, it, it's tough, right? Because um, I think it just kind of comes down to you, the, these passing games, I guess, and and how how much the the Giants can you know limit the Justin Jefferson, uh, but we've also seen like the, the Vikings can go to other places. And I think they're, they're deep enough where if, you know, Justin Jefferson is double covered, you still have a TJ Hawkinson. They've been able to throw to KJ Osborne uh, when they've like needed to, right. It, Adam Thielen's come back for, for a couple touchdowns over these past couple games. So I, I think like that, that's tough when you're, you're spreading a defense like this, that thin, um, and they still have Dalvin Cook. We haven't seen him do anything so, in yeah, a while, so, like, but they I have was, him. I was going to talk about that. Like, So the Giants are, are still a fairly good you know, interior defensive line. You can run on them a, a little bit. Usually that's that's more to the outside. But you know, the, the Vikings can't really run the ball at all, especially with their some injuries, offensive yeah. line injuries that they've had. Um, it, it's been tough, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, even last week, you're playing against the Bears' second team, and like they can't get Dalvin Cook going at all. Yeah, and part of it has a little bit of a Dalvin Cook problem because Madison ran hot in that game as well. Like with the because you know Cook left that game for a couple like uh, some snaps early on when he went right. to the tent, and Madison was running hotter than Dalvin Cook uh, since Week 12. There's been 40 running backs to have 
50 or more carries. Dalvin Cook, dead last in yards per carry. Dead last in success rate. Uh, 39th in yards after contact per carry. 36th in rate of runs of 10 or more yards. But then you see like a play against the Colts, right? Like when he had houses that screen pass, like he still got the juice. Right. But like, it's just been very fleeting. And like, the it, you know, this team has not been able to get him involved the back half of the season. Like that Colts game is the only game over the back half of the season. Like he's even put a thumbprint on. Yeah, it, it hasn't been, certainly hasn't been easy. Um, and, and that's kind of, it's tough because you, you don't want Kirk Cousins you know, dropping back 60 times a game either um so it's no, been no. <laughs> so it, it's been tough there on the, on the other side of the ball like so the, i have a, a daniel jones uh, type of a take that's probably you know more for going into the offseason and what this means but i we've think talked I'll, about it i mean you've i've put you in the you know the area i think three three or four times this year i've asked what would you do and you know how we got here so, <laughs> so but so here's where our, and I, I tweeted this out uh the other day because i think like i've seen a little bit of like the the daniel jones breakout and I'm, i kind of think the the daniel jones thing has been more a a result of the skill position players they have and not necessarily in spite of it. Right. So his two main things that people were talking about is his interceptions have gone down. His turnovers right. have gone down because he hasn't taken sacks because he hasn't needed to drop back and like find anyone down the field. He doesn't throw deep. He has the second lowest a dot uh, in the league uh, behind Matt Ryan. Uh, you know, scramble is like the second read on like a lot of these plays right so like he doesn't have anyone to sit in the pocket for so i'm very interested to see like what the next iteration of this offense is if they like get a wide receiver that's worth waiting for him to get open down the field does that mean he's forcing some more passes uh does that mean he's you know sitting in the pocket a little longer and he still doesn't feel pressure that well so i think there are still some i i think the the lack of receiving talent has actually been a factor into why Daniel Jones has been able to do what he's been able to do. Uh, and it's very well coached. Um, I'm not, and I, I don't necessarily think it's in spite of it. So that's kind of where I think we are with, with what Daniel Jones is at this moment. The but good totally, news is the Vikings defense is so bad. Right. That, so I totally think they can, they can scheme <laughs> some things up. I think, I think he'll be able to run. Um, I think you get a little, you know, misdirection here. They have like, you know, Patrick Peterson still playing real well. Again, that doesn't really matter here because there's no one like worth Patrick Peterson covering. Right. So like if he's locking down somebody, uh, whether it's Darius Slayton or Isaiah Hodgins, which what a wild thing to say, um, it's that you could just throw it one of the other guys. Um, I kind of liked Hodgins coming out of, of Oregon state. I, I did too. Yeah. Um, but I'm a sucker for like that archetype of receiver. Oh like, yeah. We're, we're on, the, we're on the same page here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They're not as great now in the structure of new NFL, but like I, you know, uh, those guys always hold the place in my heart. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. He, he was fun. And again, like he, he's good. Like he, he could be like the third receiver uh, for them next year. Like it's, they're totally possible. He's very um, much the Juwan Jennings of the New York Giants. Yeah, which is it's just fine. Like that's that's a fun place <laughs> to be. Um, but anyway, yeah. So like 
they, they they create so many openings like they they run crossers like crazy and i think like they'll just kind of be able to to take advantage uh, of that type of stuff so again i, th- I think we got another fun game here um yeah i mean the giants are it's gonna be interesting you know everyone's waiting for the vikings and the cowboys to lose so they can go on there you know tirades and the talk shows can have their their tear down of these these fraudulent teams uh i will say though daniel jones is in a unique spot uh that historically has been terrible if you are a giants backer uh outside of the matchups uh first time playoff quarterbacks against quarterbacks with nfl experience are 11 and 32 uh since the nfl expanded 14 29 against the spread last year all three guys got absolutely roasted um do I think the Giants get blown out? Absolutely not. They haven't been a team that's gotten blown out at all this year, except yeah. for the Eagles. Uh, but historically, though, if you are looking at it from some, from some value stance, like it does make sense to just hold your nose and take the Vikings. Uh, I also think this game could potentially be a little more lackluster than people are expecting. Obviously, the last time these teams played, they scored 28 of the points in the fourth quarter. Like it was kind of a it was kind of a jailbreak in the fourth quarter of that yeah. game. I don't know if that happens again either because you know who knows what we'll get with like island game Kirk Cousins. Uh, <laughs> you know historically has never been the greatest. Uh, and just both these teams are are really bad first half teams, right? Like they've yeah. been bad first half teams all year. So yeah, maybe first half under something like that. Yeah, good work and yeah, yeah. The- not tying yourself to the to end results uh, of this game, probably. Uh, <laughs> you both these the teams, these game. are the fourth quarter teams, right? Like uh, the, the, the Vikings have eight wins when they trailed in the fourth quarter this year. Uh, and, the, and the Giants have eight, you know, uh, you know, eight wins where they've trailed in the second half this season, which is tied at the, uh, the Vikings for the most. It's just a lot of the Vikings came in the fourth quarter and not the full second half. But uh, yeah, this is, this game is fun. Cause it's on the Sunday slate. It's the only game that's uh indoors and it's the only game that doesn't involve like uh, a a second a third string quarterback potentially yeah because we could have two third string quarterbacks starting in in, in the afc games yep yeah so it it's kind of the the hope that you have for it for the close game so let's let's move on to uh that sunday night game that could have been a lot of fun um it's slightly less fun with Tyler also, stop the the, the narrative like, that Lamar's not playing because of a contract thing. Yeah, if he internet's he gone too far, like, take yeah. some time, step away from the internet. Sometimes, just step away. Like, it's not everything's a conspiracy theory, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> um, yeah. So we ha- we have the Ravens. It's a really fun game with Lamar Jackson. Slightly less fun with Tyler Huntley. Way less fun with Anthony Brown. Um, so I think that's just kind of where we are here. And, and like we've we talked so much about the Ravens offense throughout the year. Right? It's yeah. based on the quarterback being a superstar. When the quarterback is not, it's 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 a tough go. Um, what I do want to talk about though is Joe Burrow against the Ravens defense because this has been a, a well, thing. Games. I think well, I mean, yeah. the defense, the Baltimore defense is legitimately good, and they're fast. Like, but yeah, they're they're playing well, and and again, like there's a lot of you know you can do the you know since the Roquan Smith trade, and obviously they have played worse offenses in that. But, but they've, they've also, also constructed. The they've also <laughs> yeah shifted like what they've been able to do, and I think they they found out. So in the two games of Joe Burrow versus Baltimore, negative zero point one seven EPA per play, um, zero point one five against everybody else. The A dot is is about the same, right? It's six point two one, uh, and six point uh six two one against the 
Ravens six, eight, nine against everybody else yards per attempt though. And I think this is kind of where the Ravens that come in because they, they can be like a a rally and tackle type of team. 5.61 yards per attempt against the Ravens, 7.64 against everybody else. 33.8% of Joe Burrow's pass attempts against the Ravens have been at or behind the line of scrimmage. It's 23.8 against everybody else and this is kind of what the ravens have done they've kind of taken the the what you do against the Bengals and it's taken it to the extreme right they they play a ton of too high make them check down and and they're going to tackle and, and that's the thing like they haven't allowed a lot of those you know kind of jailbreak type things where it's a short pass and someone breaks a tackle and runs for a big game that just hasn't really happened against the ravens so uh, against Cincinnati Baltimore has their two highest games of the season in rate of that they've played quarters one of their their third highest game uh in cover two and their two highest games of cover six so it, it, that's just kind of what it is they have those two high structures they'll they'll sit around they'll actually play too high um and then you when you have a uh, Roquan Smith sitting in the middle you have a whole bunch of defensive backs that can tackle. And that's kind of what they've been able to do to, to hold down uh, this uh, this Cincinnati offense. Uh, and I think that's a lot of fun. And like, if there's any way that the Ravens get into this game, it's by keeping that type of defensive structure uh, and just kind of stopping the Bengals from scoring, which a mm-hmm. lot of other teams haven't been able to do this year, especially in the back half of the season. So, cause even in a week 18, like it, the game was never really close, but the Bengals still struggled a bit on offense. Yeah. I mean, I would say if you were to, to ask me like to pick like what would be like the one massive upset of the weekend that even has shot, I would probably pick the Ravens. And I think it's very thin chance that they actually win this game. But like, I don't consider because like people are outright just picking the bucks. Like they're not like a sneaky. I'm saying like an outcome that people don't believe could happen this weekend that could, I would say maybe this because if you just keep them at like 17 to 20 points, you at least have a shot for something dumb to happen, right? Like whether you score a defensive touchdown, a special teams touchdown, you're just outright JK Dobbins is going nuclear. Like there's at least a path here. That's like a blueprint on the board where like the Ravens could keep the Bengals in like that 17 to 20 point range. And then you just at least have a shot there, right? Like even with, Anthony Brown you might have a shot if you hide him like how like that you know the, uh, how the Titans had against the Jaguars last week like it's very thin I think it's a very thin outcome to get there but uh that's the only way it can happen right yeah it, it kind of it seems uh, that way and again it's it like the t- Dolphins aren't gonna probably stop the Bills on the road like and they're right. not gonna score enough points and that's the problem here is like even if the Ravens hold the the Bengals to like 17 to 20 points. Can they score 17 points? <laughs> right. And I, I think that's it's very tough. Like absolutely. Probably uh, not there. So, I mean, it, it is, it's unfortunate, but like uh, we all do kind of want uh, to see next week, you know, the bills and Bengals have that game that we did not get to see a couple weeks ago. So yeah. And then- line it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then potentially you know either chargers or, or jaguars against the chiefs like, yeah we would want to see chargers fun, and Mahomes. yeah Pepper, yeah yeah, yeah fun up, fun matchups in, in the afc i would there. just say if there um, if there was a game where you could talk yourself into something like dumb happening like this would be kind of the one sure well okay so let's a, a dumb thing that's going to lead to an upset 
at Giants Vikings is totally like the dumbest game, right? Like yeah, the, yeah. for like the volume of dumb things to happen is going to be Giants Vikings. Yeah. Um, in for a dumb thing to happen that leads to in a surprising upset. Yes, I, I would say Ravens, Ravens, Bengals. I think we have to to make a little delineation there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's gonna be different, like different, uh, different types of dumb. Um, so yeah, there we well, go. I mean, listen, I, I I definitely just yeah, think that, that the Ravens are in a terrible spot here, though. Yeah, that that's really the only thing I had on this game, but I, I did want to highlight it because it is yeah. interesting and it is probably you know the path. And we do have kind has. of like the and we do have the you know now what six quarter sample without layoff Collins, Ox Kappas not playing in this game either. Yeah, so stuff. you're down the right side of your offensive line. Uh, there are weird things in put in place here. Yeah, uh, there are. Um, Oh, let's, let's 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 move on here because we're, we're almost pushing uh, an hour as we get. Yeah, to yeah, we got one left here, and it's the Cowboys, the Buccaneers, which which kicked off the season, not the opener, but Sunday Night Football was the opener. Yep, uh, and that's when uh, we had a the, one of the worst stack games uh, of the season. I say one of because last week was, was he bookended rough. it. He bookended <laughs> it right, like he, week week one, week eighteen. Uh, um in the middle there like obviously there was the injury but from coming back to week 18 was still one of the most efficient uh quarterbacks in the league and even with the the turnovers right it, it doesn't matter yeah. Dak still finished eighth in epa per play uh among quarterbacks this season that's when that's with week one and that's with week 18 um so even though there are some you know turnover issues and again not a lot of them have been you know his fault um, it, it, it's been a fluky and I'm not really expecting that to be some type of issue, uh, going forward that I'm concerned well, it's about. It's the thing, right? Like he has that, like Kirk Cousins gene where like when he goes, when he runs bad, it's like the worst thing ever. Right. Like, uh, but like, it, and it kind of overshadows the amount of good he, he builds up, you know, and that's, he's kind of always kind of had that, like when he does lay an egg, like it's usually like what it was last week. Yeah, and that's that's what it is, and and the bad kind of looks much uglier than yeah. it is, and and I think the, the thing about Dak is his his good is sometimes so subtle at being mm-hmm. good, and it's not quite as flashy as some of these other quarterbacks. So it, the way a, a general public would view it, uh, it is not quite as impressive as maybe you know some of these other quarterbacks. But man, he's 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 been good uh for the majority of the year um and we're going against a, a, a bucks defense that's you know been been hit or miss this year a, a little bit if you, you yeah know, this they, is a defense i definitely don't believe in either all right yeah it's <laughs> especially in now yeah they they haven't really figured out a, a pass rush you can you can still throw on you know a couple of those guys it's it, it it has fallen off uh, throughout the year, and yeah, I don't think it's a bad defense. I think mostly the stigma of what people believe the Buccaneers defense is. Right? Yeah, it's it's certainly not that. It's it's not it's Super Bowl level Buccaneers. Uh, yeah, from two years defense. ago. No, yeah. No, no, no. yeah, not at all. And that's and what been, I mean. Not that yeah. they're like a terrible defense, but right. Yeah, and, <laughs> I mean, yeah, they've been hit or miss uh, throughout the season. Definitely not the 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 top. All tier. the good teams they faced have put points up on them though. Yeah, and and I think we'll kind of wonder what, except for the Cowboys week one. Yeah, so I, I think we just kind of <laughs> wonder how how the Cowboys attack this defense, right? Like they've they've kind of gotten away from the we want to run the ball up the middle, uh, you know, twenty times a game. It, it hasn't quite been that over the last. So they've 
you know, been able to do the incorporation of Pollard. You know who else played terrible in that week one game is CeeDee Lamb, and he has not been playing terrible the back half no, of the year. No, he, he has not. <laughs> and I think this is an interesting spot for them because, uh, you know, he plays in the slot. Uh, a lot of his snaps. This is probably where you can can get the the bucks, right? Yep, middle um, of the field. They're middle. None of their one of these defenses like middle of the field. They have not been good. Yeah. Uh, so you have you know Carlton Davis, who's up and down on the outside. His his highs are about as high as any corner, but you can still get him a little bit. Um, you know, uh, Jamal Dean, when he's been healthy, has been real good uh, on the outside. Uh, you can get Sean Murphy Bunting uh, in the slot or whoever they've been playing in the slot. So I think like this is probably a big CD lamb uh, in the middle uh, of the field type game. Yeah, and I think like that's probably where Dallas should should spam a little bit, uh, and they probably will. Um, and if they're doing that, that that's going to be tough to to stop. Yeah, it should be a Pollard Lamb Schultz game. Like, if, yeah, you know, you're telling more like in the ideal world. And obviously, those are the key guys, anyways, right? Like, those are right. key guys. <laughs> those are the guys that are. That <laughs> yeah, are doing like it anyway. you know, but but you know, they've done it. He's understood the assignment against the Bucks. Like Zeke only has nine carries in the two games these teams have played the past few years. Like he's at right. least understood that part of the assignment. Yeah, uh, and they have thrown to the tight ends a lot. So we just need Lamb to have that like elevation game, right? Like. You know, like he, he was really good two years ago and they him and Amari had like that that hot hot game to open the year. Uh but the really it comes back to me is like, am I am I gonna get on board with like the Tom Brady stigma, right? And that's what everyone is. Like, but like this Bucks team over the course of the season has been middling at best and largely awful on offense. And you look at it, they they scored a touchdown on 16% of their drives. That's the lowest rate of any team in the NFC. Only the commanders in the NFC average fewer points per drive this season than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Only the Rams, Cardinals, and commanders average fewer yards per play in the NFC than the Buccaneers. Like, is this Cowboys defense has had a number of injuries and they've been playing really poorly uh, in down the down the last third of the season because of it? It's is it's like the Bucks defense offense just going to turn on because of that? Like, are they going to be able to exploit it? They haven't exploited any of these matchups all year. Is it just going to be a spot where it's turned on now? Like, is the Brady lore like that real? Because like, this is a team I watched have to like have all time flurries, two minute flurries to beat the Rams, the Saints and the Cardinals. But that started Trace McSorley, you know, Andy Dalton and like that, that the Rams were dead basically all year. So like, am I really stocking the Brady lore? Like this line feels crazy to me. The Cowboys are so much better than the Buccaneers this year as a football team. And man, it just feels like everyone's against the Cowboys. Yeah. And it just kind of, you know, comes back to, you know, the, the types of offenses, they run two distinct offenses in all other game situations. And yes. in those two minute situations, <laughs> where's the, the no huddle. So well, we made the whole, the whole plane out of that. Right. I mean, can they, they maybe potentially should, right. Um, they should absolutely do that. Um, so they have 198 plays, uh, from no huddle, which yeah. is, I think the third most, uh, in the league, but a lot of those are, are in those, you know, yeah, cause they have to th- those situations. Yeah. Third most in the league behind the Cardinals and the Eagles, but they have uh 0.26 EPA per play, which is the highest rate, uh, in the league. And when you look at, uh, the Cardinals and, and the Eagles, they do not have the same efficiency uh, coming out of no huddle. Uh, the Cardinals are 0.01 EPA per play. The Eagles have negative EPA per play uh, from no huddle. So like, you you can potentially uh, be, you know, running more 
uh, of that. So like the, the Cardinals did it they, again, there's so many issues with that, that cliff offense and, and how they run no huddle because it's so static. Um, they had 374 plays. The Eagles had 221. So obviously like you, you can have a decent amount there. I just don't think the Bucks are a team that want to do that for an entire game, even though that's, that's clearly their best option um yeah, of what you just do. getting fast getting the ball out like to these wide receivers who have an advantage in this matchup yeah absolutely but, but you you no way you're telling me that todd Bowles and brian leftwich aren't going back to that week one tape and seeing that they ran for 150 yards in that game one of the only three <laughs> games they ran for over 100 yards this season and they're saying guys we're gonna line up and run these cowboys yeah we, we can do it <laughs> yeah i hope so it, uh, it'll be amazing um when everything's yeah. telling you to throw the ball, literally everything's telling you to throw the ball against the Cowboys right now. Right? Yeah, it's, it's it's a tough spot to be, and and the the Bucks just they continue to not completely have a self awareness of what they do well. Um, this has uh, been a very stubborn offense of this mm-hmm. is what we want to do, this is what we should do, uh, and and we've seen it's been there's zero chance he plays there next year, right? If he plays at all, I would I would believe so. Yeah. 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 seems like I, I'll, I that whole like 30 for 30 or like whatever we said, like the, the wicker shape book, like the, that comes out about this two on, years of the bucks is going to yeah. be, it's going to be something amazing. Yeah. I, uh, I'm definitely interested on the behind the scenes workings of everything that went down the last eight, you know, what, eight months there. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's been <laughs> wild and, and we'll see if it, if it goes, if, if they it, embrace him and let, let him play where he's been at his best, you know, if they got a shot, uh, if not, it's, it's, it's not going to look, fun um yeah and dallas should run away with it a little bit but yeah it's it's crazy that how we got here and we're still having the same conversations about tampa bay that we've had you know throughout the season but that's why i mean it's like like eventually like when does it become like insanity right like we've we've been oh it's (laughs) it's hit there it's it's hit it (laughs) thank you all right just wanted to check i just wanted to check It's there. I, I I can't imagine like sitting in some of these Tampa Bay like offensive meetings and just like and nothing changes. Uh, I don't know. All right. Yeah, it, yeah it's been wild. We're here, so hopefully there there is some switch. But you know, if we're getting through the first quarter and they're you know seventy percent run on first down, it's the, the only chance is to keep it close, uh, and then go go no huddle in in the like final five minutes. That's that's it. If yeah. they keep doing what they've been doing, like that, that's the only way that they win. And the Cowboys feel a little bit to me like the Rams of last year. And I don't think that I think they have some other things working against them that the uh, the Rams didn't necessarily have. Like because because three of their four games coming into the playoffs were on the road, and for them to kind of get out of the NFC, they'd have to go basically all on the road unless some really fluky things you know happened. Um, but this feels like a lot of that conversation where like, you know, everyone undervalued the Rams last year in the start of the postseason. You know, you also have the corollary of the guy who led the NFL interceptions, uh, you know, Stafford and Dak, um, because the Cowboys like what they put on, uh, you know, on for us this season was largely gr- really good. Yeah. And no one really kind of is treating them as like a really good team right now. Right. Yeah. I, I believed in the Rams a lot more than I believe in, in this Cowboys team, but yeah, there, there are some similarities there where we shouldn't be writing them off as, as much as I think. Yeah. Like you said earlier, I think just a ton of people just want to bet against the Cowboys. Um, yeah. And I'm not sure like that's the right way to go in this game. That's it, man. 
This yeah. is gonna be fun. It's gonna be a fun weekend. It's a, the the good teams are left. Uh, like I said, in the context of this season, the good teams are left. Yeah. So hopefully the games are good. And listen, just find a way to get us Herbert versus Mahomes, Allen versus Burrow next week. Yeah, that's the the, the, AFC, the table AFC. AFC playoffs. Yeah. Do and what even, needs to be done. And even when it's the worst case where it's you know Lawrence yeah Mahomes. again I would that take is fun Lawrence, I wouldn't be mad right I think the, the I think the the total matchup is more fun right because of what the Chargers have been able to do against the Chiefs yeah those in, game, their games have been so meetings. consistently good yeah. right like we know Bills Chiefs have consistently put out great games and Chargers Chiefs have put out consistently great games yeah there we go uh and then we'll get uh you know Giants Eagles again on the NFC side and Woo! Yeah, 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 Niners. A- Niners AFC playoffs, please, say, please save us. Yeah, it'll <laughs> yeah. be something wild. Um, all right, so so yep, there we go. Ran, ran through all the games. Hopefully, we, we do have a, a fun uh, wild card weekend here. It's super. Um, let's let's hope. <laughs> let's hope. Um, so there we go. And you can read all our work on shuffleanalysis.com. Uh, Rich has. Uh, very detailed worksheets for all six of these games uh, that are up there. You can be finding that uh, on the website. Um, I had an all pro team that went up uh, early in the week. I'll have something up for these playoff games also uh, this week, either today or tomorrow. So uh, there's still plenty of content uh, coming through. There's not really a shortage of content on the website, even though there are fewer games. So all of that still coming up on sharpfulfanalysis.com. You can find Rich on Twitter at Lord Reeves. You can find me on Twitter at Sam Thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you again soon.